joining us today on the EJ. We have an amazing guest today. We can't wait for you to hear his story, Rob Spencer. Um, check out his current blog, VentureTheWild.com. We are going to hear amazing stuff from him today, lots of life lessons, but also his story from being in a car accident that nearly cost him his life, did cost him his memory. And then we get to hear about the amazing things that he's done with his story um, over the course of his life, different businesses and organizations he's worked with. So tune in, share this podcast with everyone, and get ready to learn a lot of really cool things. Here we go. So episode 16 here on the EJ, and we have a special guest today, Rob Spencer, um, and he has a really cool story, lots of stuff to go through, and Dr. Jason's here as well, of I'm course. here, yep, yep. <laughs> Rob, welcome to, uh, to the EJ. Thank you very much, guys. It's fun coming down. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we, we, uh, mutual friend uh, Darnell out in Nashville now yep. kind of introduced us, and then Rob's just north of us probably an hour or so. And so he's gracious enough to come down. And, you know, as we, we do, we, we focus on the entrepreneurial side of things. And I don't know, man, there's not many cooler stories uh, than Rob has. And he, he's uh, been friendly enough to come down and kind of share that with us a little bit and, and tie that into the, the entrepreneurial journey that most of you guys are on. But, you know, I, I guess the first thing for me to do is maybe just shut my mouth for a second and kind of let you tell your story a bit, what you're all about and what brings you to where you are right now. Okay, so... Well, really, before I get started with anything, uh, you know, it's important to identify that that none of us could really be anywhere or do anything mm -hmm. without without a couple fundamentals, right? And one of the, the main fundamental is that we're all created by a God, and that God has given us uh, different strengths that we can tap into to be our best versions of us that we can be. Sure. And uh, and so my story just kind of really is about leading me to understand that and and getting out of the way of that because there, there's a point when i really can't do anything right it's it's, it's out of my hands mm -hmm. there's nothing that i can do that grab control of that you know so i think it's important to, to understand that and to give credit you know give credit to to that so we go back to early mid 90s okay and uh, and i was surfing with some friends down doing some camping down by San Onofre, which is like a local spot, mm -hmm. uh, Southern California, pretty popular, actually probably world renowned, you know, um, there's been movies and shows based sure. on that area. But anyway, so we were doing some surfing down there and some camping and, uh, traveling up North was a man that was visiting his parents for the weekend. That was a diabetic man. Okay. And uh, and he decided that he needed to go from Long Beach, where he was staying with his parents, all the way down to Oceanside, where he lived, um, not feeling well. Okay. It's about an hour, a little over an hour commute, and yep. he thought he could make it. Mm -hmm. You know, So about halfway in, he goes into a diabetic coma on the freeway. Um, and I have no idea how this happened, but he bounced off the center island of the freeway and veered all the way from the fast lane up the off-ramp without hitting a single thing. So this dude is just on the gas, 65 miles an hour is what they estimate, um, until he met me and my Jeep at the time at the top of the off-ramp, going about 65 miles an hour, he T-boned me and uh, sent me into the air. And as I went to the air, my vehicle went sideways as well. So when he when he actually made contact, it wasn't straight in the middle, it was off, off on my rear tire. Okay. So he sends me up and spinning in a circular motion. 
So as the, as, the, as the vehicle landed, my head was in between the roll bar and the street of the Jeep. So the whole Jeep came down on my neck, basically, and uh, shattered wow. up my jaw, ripped my ear off. Um, do you see this coming? Like, how long did you know this was coming? So I don't really remember any yeah. of that. You know, I just remember. Um, so as the vehicle lands, it's spinning on its side mm -hmm. with my head in between the roll bar and the street. And luckily... I don't know if you know anything about Jeeps, but oh, actually you do. Yeah. So you know the soft top material. Yep. It's super durable. Yep. So really, kept the road rash. Thank goodness, my face literally probably would have grinded off on the asphalt. Right. If it weren't for that material, that's so durable. That's Anyways, awesome. so I'm spinning around. I bounce off a curb, and I have so much velocity that it sends me up in the air again. I hit a light pole and over a six foot chain link fence, and I land upright. And, uh, and this is now, that's, that's kind of like what I get from reports and stuff. Okay. And now we talk about where my real life comes in to focus, right? Okay. So I am uh, early, mid-20s at this point. I don't know if I mentioned that, but <clears throat> I've been married for a few years. And, uh, and I'm sitting there, and all I can remember is, is the haze of things coming into focus. And there's this Middle Eastern guy that's... You know, quite a bit of ways, yelling, hey, wake up, wake up, you got to get out of there, you got to get out of there, your Jeep's on fire. So, you know, as my, uh, as my world comes back into focus and I kind of understand what he's talking about, um, I have to get out of my vehicle and I have to walk a couple hundred yards away um, to get away from that, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah. this is where the first point in my life that, that looking back I realize the power of the mind and the power of, of our inner desire just to live life. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there on the curb, and, and I'm realizing that I'm, I'm now assessing my body, my damage, right? I, I just know I'm bloody. I don't know my ears ripped off yet. I do know my jaw's broken. And all I could do is lean my head forward so the blood comes out of my mouth mm -hmm. and try to keep myself from going into shock. Mm -hmm. Because if I do go into shock, I'm drowning on my own blood right. and all that stuff, and I'm a goner, right? Right. And it takes literally about a 47-minute response time for the paramedics to show Holy up. Holy cow. Yikes. So as soon as they show up, my mind and my body, something bigger than my physical being at that moment, mm -hmm. then realizes, it, you know, okay, cool, you're good, and I go unconscious, right? And okay. then they do the rest. I wake up in the hospital later. And, uh, and there's weeks and weeks and weeks of, uh, of trying to deal with all this stuff. But so what had happened is... The, the impact on my neck was so bad that it, I went paralyzed on the right side of my body from the swelling, you know, just kind of pressing yeah. all those nerves in there and stuff. Of course, like right. And then my ear, they put back on and, and which, I mean, this is a podcast, so there's no video. You guys could kind of, you could vouch, I guess. I don't know why. We go through all this hassle of putting my ear back on. Why wouldn't you take a measurement? It's so much lower than my other ear. Like every set of glasses for the past 20 years are crooked. It drives me nuts. But it's a cool story. Yeah. So, so <laughs> anyway, so we're fast forward. We're, we're in the hospital. The biggest thing it did from that, from that accident was it took my memory from birth until that accident. Wow. And it never came back. Nothing. Like you just. No family, no friends, no school. No anything. No getting married. I woke up married. You know, so uh, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of crazy things that happen. 
So when you see photos from from <clears throat> before that, nothing, nothing nothing's jogged at all. No. It's just gone. And so yeah. when you woke up, your wife is probably there at the hospital when this happened. So they wouldn't they they wouldn't let her. They needed to find out if I was going to live first before right. they let anybody you sure. know, in. So it it was a lot of hours go by before right. they finally kind of bring people in. And my mouth is wired shut, okay. so I can't communicate anyways. Okay. I have a C collar on. I'm strapped to a backboard. Okay. Right. So. Um, I see her and all this other stuff. And honestly, I, I don't remember right. those kind of things. You know, in the beginning, I was in and out of consciousness. Well, it's probably so surreal. Your body's still <clears throat> in survival mode. At yeah, that point. yeah, Not for sure. Right. Yeah. Trying to organize things. Um, but let's say, let's jump forward just a little bit. We're, now we're healing up and that kind of thing. And now oh. they're trying to get my memory to, to jumpstart, right? So mm-hmm. we don't know anything about TBI at this point in our medical mm-hmm. We know that every they're all different. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can't get ahead of them because we can only study dead brains, right. which probably is a good thing, right? Yes. We don't want to have that. Right. But uh, back then, imagine how little they knew. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like when I think of some of the Still things don't. that the doctors tried to do to jumpstart this memory, I think that is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like third grade education compared yeah. to today. Right. And today we still don't know anything, right? Yeah. So anyways, um, it got to a point where I'm now awake. I, I now have the right side of my body back. I'm now phys- my mouth is still wired shut, but the rest of me is phys- like I'm physically healed up okay. or healing up, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a I had to make a decision. Um, I'm I'm trapped in that place. Uh, I do not remember anything. It's a very very chaotic feeling mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, honestly, there's a lot of a lot of fear, you know, yeah, um, a lot of anxiety that yeah. comes with that. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision that I'm just going to say I remember everything and I'm going to check myself out and go home, right? Um, they brought in people. They brought in pictures. They brought in stories. My mind is fresh. I got it all down. I'm good. Yeah. I can't talk to you anyways. Who's going to ask me anything? That's, now is my time to make a break for right, it if I'm right. going to do it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I do it and I go home. Um, I'm healing up still there. And and, and uh, as things go by, there there's a point really up from from the accident wake up to that point you know things are still what they are you know i, I can't make sense of anything i don't you know it, it is what it is right and I did mean, you have to tell your wife at some point like i just don't know who you are well we'll get there okay we'll get there i'm dying sure there's a like lot yeah of trouble like, came into my life getting to that point yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> um i'm healing up and Remember, I told you the first point when I when I understood the power of the mind, the power of survival. Mm-hmm. Um, the second point comes in when I'm sitting at my couch alone, and it was a, a le- much less tragic realization. But I'm watching TV, mm-hmm. and I'm I, I want to change the channel. The remote is on the coffee table. I'm laying on the couch. I can't reach it. So much like probably everybody's done a million times, I decide, hey, you know, I could take this pillow, mm-hmm. put it on top of the remote control, pull it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I take the pillow, I throw it on top of the remote, I hit my cup, I knock over my stuff. I'm now cleaning up the mess that I created. And it honestly, like day and night, it hit me like most people spend their entire lives trying to find the easy way out of something mm-hmm. that is a million times more difficult than just doing the right thing the first time. Right. Right. Yeah. So that was one lesson that I learned from that. And then the other lesson I learned from it is a little bit 
more cliche is, but nothing ever falls to the ceiling, mm -hmm. right? So what I mean by that is I could take this cup and I could drop it. And I know for a fact that I can bank on the idea that it's going to the floor, not to the ceiling. Right. So with that realization, I threw myself into the study of universal truth. And that's on a physical level. That's on a spiritual level. That's on a mental level. Um, these universal truths exist. Mm -hmm. And for me, who has a hazy brain at best, I needed to have a way to tell the difference between reality mm -hmm. and actuality. Mm -hmm. Because we go through, and now we can say this, but back then, you know, it's just, I'm just living it. But we go through lives making decisions based on a reality and not on actuality. Right. Mm -hmm. And our realities are simply the interpretation of reality. Right. right. But depending on what we're going through, depending on our mood at the time, depending on the people around, depending on what food we ate that day, our looking glass that we're, we're making decisions are often hazy. Right. Yeah. You know, so not the truth, just the truth to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. And, and when you have a brain like mine, you don't want to make decisions based on the truth to me. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, through that. You know, I'm trying to speed this up because it's, well, yeah, right. yeah, it's, it's a, 20 years. It's right? a weekend, right? So, um, so through that, I learned a couple of those lessons, right? And then the first lesson about taking the easy way out really resonates when you, when you think of discipline, mm -hmm. right? And that's what I mean by that. Taking the easy way out mm -hmm. is we, we just do it right the first time, and that mm -hmm. takes discipline. So now if we can find actuality, absolute truth, and we can be disciplined enough to to not make a decision on our reality, but on actuality, mm -hmm. we're like, I mean, the hard work's done at right. that point, right? Mm -hmm. So we're now, we're now ready for Rob to get back into life, right? Get back to work and all this other kind of stuff. But at the time, I was an auditor for Nissan. How long is this? How long after the accident? So this is months, okay. months and months and months. Okay. So um, I was an auditor for Nissan at the time in the LA Harbor, and I just couldn't go back to it. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't, you know, I could tell you that two plus two equals four, but I honestly, I couldn't show you how, Right. you know, I could mm -hmm. tell you that, that this is how you say things, but I couldn't give you any frame of where that comes from, how I learned, you know, any of that stuff. Sure. So it was, it was difficult to go into like a world that has, as a grown man mm -hmm. has existed this whole life and I know nothing, Right. you know? So, mm -hmm. um, so what I didn't do during this accident is I didn't lose my muscle memory mm -hmm. so I could fight. Right? At the end of the day, I could fight. And, uh, and so at this point, I've told nobody that I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And I started to sell my first lie. I started to leave my, my first golden rule of basing my decisions on actuality mm -hmm. instead of my realities mm -hmm. and telling my first life lie, so to speak. And I basically, I sold the idea that I've always wanted to open a martial arts school. Mm -hmm. I've done martial arts before my accident. Mm -hmm. I don't remember of it, any of it, but I have the muscle memory. So instead of just saying, hey, look, this is where I'm at, mm -hmm. because, you know, and understand this, that it is calculated, but it's, it's, it's chaos. Mm -hmm. It's the worst place that I could ever imagine anybody being on. Imagine waking up, knowing nobody, including yourself, and also never finding another person like you on the planet. 
Mm-hmm. It's the ultimate feeling of being lost and alone. It really is. It's I can't fathom. But I mean, no. further <laughs> proof of the brain, how little our knowledge is, is it's amazing that your muscle memory is there. Right. And because that's a, that's a brain function. Yeah. So, I mean, deep in that brain is everything you knew before that physically, yep. but mentally not. And that alone is just like a, a, an incredible. Well, another thing thought. that I just keep thinking is like how you made it out with just losing your memory and not other disability, like, right. you know, yeah. debilitating things. Paraplegic, quadriplegic, right. all these like, things that could have been. I'll tell you what happened. I tap some of that into. Um, the idea that that I woke up. So a person will get to, to a tragedy in life and they'll make a decision, mm-hmm. right? Will, will I own that tragedy or will that tragedy own me? Right. That's mm-hmm. really the decision to make. Right. And uh, often it's that tragedy will own me. Mm-hmm. So, Defines them. So I look at this and I look at like, I woke up undomesticated. Mm-hmm. I woke up with no baggage of life beating me up. Mm-hmm. I woke up not knowing who I am so I could be anybody I want to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we all can make those decisions, mm-hmm. but we have to separate our life's beatings mm-hmm. to, to act on that first, right? right so right. so I believe that, uh, one, the grace of God, first of all. Yeah. That's why Clearly, I didn't right. die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, it's almost like I did the physical... A lot of our physical troubles come because who we are mentally mm-hmm. and who we are emotionally. Mm-hmm. And and how many people do you know that, that I mean, how many? think of the, the guy that used to climb mountains and cut his arm off on the rock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who could do that? Right. right? So, right. so think about that. You know, that most people lose arm, they die just like that. But this right. guy not only lost his arm, he cut it off himself, you know, and yeah. he went on to live this great life after the fact, you know. So it's really that. It's, it's freeing yourself from that domestication process that allows us to go on and, and do what's perceived perceived to be great things, mm-hmm. but really are just normal things that we're supposed to be doing as people. Right. Yeah. You know? Things things that you've been sold, essentially, right. that you should be doing or what yeah. the accomplishment is. And- Think about it. From, from, from early childhood, you're telling your kids what not to do and mm-hmm. what they can't do and who mm-hmm. not to be. And that what is of, success? What is not success? Also, we right? could put them in this box Dick, that's defined by culture. Right. Right. And culture's BS. Right. You know? Well, because, I mean, like it's like you say, it, a baby's got a clean slate. They don't know yeah. anything. They don't know race. They don't know sex. They don't know right. anything. You know? And so to, to have that same clean slate in your mid-20s is such a, yeah. a crazy thing that, I mean, it's you and I. Have you heard your story ever repeated no, from other people? No, I haven't. And so, I haven't. And, and nor have I. So, I mean, what a incredible story that is so well well, take us through so i mean you start to you tell yourself your first lie okay so i tell i I tell the world my first lie right and 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 i say i want to get into this i've always wanted to do this more short school Mm -hmm. and i can think so i opened up a more short school Mm -hmm. right and i did it and fortunately uh through the study of those universal truths uh i essentially i'm I'm, aside from my muscle memory of my past Mm -hmm. foundation I teach myself mm-hmm. and develop a system of martial arts that I can then in turn teach people, okay. right? So, um, so I'm pretty successful, mm-hmm. you know? I have a nice nice school, nice life, that kind of thing. And it was great, but there's always something missing. And it's, it's missing because I'm not being honest with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're not being honest with yourself, you can't, you can't get anywhere in life. You yeah. really can't get anywhere in life. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was the first problem. Although on the surface, everybody would look at me and think that this is a phenomenal story 
with a phenomenal outcome. Mm -hmm. And this guy is doing these great things, but on the inside, I'm full of anxiety, I'm full of fear, Mm -hmm. and I'm full of loneliness. Right. right? Well, from the outside, it is a great story because you don't know what you're experiencing. So it's it's just success. It's overcoming a bad accident and... Right. And so, but they right. don't know what's going on inside your head. So as I'm, as I'm coming to terms with the accident, with the, with the new life, and, you know, we fast forward years to get to the martial arts thing. So mm-hmm. we're, we get all this other stuff behind mm-hmm. me. And, and I'm moving into other areas of life. There's a point when, when uh, my everyone, there's a hypothalamus that we all have in our brain. And you guys know this, mm-hmm. obviously. But the hypothalamus basically governs your hormone system mm-hmm. for lack of better word, right? Mm-hmm. So my hypothalamus is broken. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, my body was getting massive amounts of adrenaline dumps at one moment in my life, mm-hmm. and uh, and I couldn't stop it. So I thought I was going to die, mm-hmm. right? I went to the doctor. Doctor's like, hey, look, you know, you're, you're this, I, we don't know, we cat scans, right. the whole thing. Everything you can imagine they can do to me, they right. did to me. And, they, and all they could say is we can we can medicate to hopefully control the, the symptoms, right? Um, that's not really an option. For, I don't believe that that's an option for myself. Anyways. Right. Other people, hey, look, everyone do what you want to mm-hmm. do, but I'm not going to fall into the system of being medicated like that. Right. I, I, I did a, well, I did a hip replacement with no painkiller afterwards, you know, later in life. Yeah. I, when I do root, I did a, like when I do root canal and stuff, mm-hmm. I don't do. Novocaine on that. Yeah, I just do. Anyways, that's a little weird for a lot of people, but yeah. that's just who I am. And yeah. So. My point is that um, that couldn't control it, had to come to terms. So we're now 10 years in, and I have to tell my wife that, you know what, I got some bad news, mm-hmm. you know. Because you almost know her at this point. I know her from 10, 10 years. years, right. So it's- but I tell you, here's the interesting thing about relationships mm-hmm. and marriage, that, that even though I know you for 10 years, mm-hmm. understand that when it comes to to marriage, there's a courtship, mm-hmm. there's a falling in love, there's mm-hmm. the puppy love years, so there's all this other stuff. And somehow in society, we made we made marriage the finish line, mm-hmm. right? In our relationship, mm-hmm. and that's where we could just be ourselves, you know, quote unquote. Right. And we could do yeah. and really show go, people right? the worst version of you that you possibly. So I, not that my wife was a bad, but my wife mm-hmm. is the, literally the best person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. But um, I know you for. What you show me right mm-hmm. today, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have the years to fall back on to create this grace. I don't have that, right. right? Right? So, so like if you're, I told my brothers, I'll, I'll take my wife out and I'll mm-hmm. put my brother in it. Right? I told my brother one time, if you're an a hole, mm-hmm. you're just an a hole to me. Mm-hmm. I don't remember you as my brother, right? You know, so yeah. why don't we just, you know, yeah. right? So, so don't be an a hole. Yeah, so that's kind of the way. That's the way it is, right? right? Yeah. So same thing with marriage. Yeah. So I tell her, and obviously every every problem that we had up to this point, now all of a sudden you can date back to emotional detachment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, duh. Right. So um, now this, we begin working through that, mm-hmm. and uh, and. That happens, and, and the martial arts career thing's going by. I had a couple schools at one point, buying, selling, that kind of, the whole thing, the whole entrepreneur kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But yet, what people would call me an entrepreneur, inside, I was a train wreck. I was, I was, I was afraid. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I didn't know how to live in the moment. So nothing was ever rewarding. Nothing was ever good enough. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I only knew how to move forward. So I started school. What am I supposed to do? Fill with students. Great. What am I supposed to do? Buy another school. Great. What am I supposed to do? Fill with students. Mm-hmm. So now you have this big old thing. You're you're so far from who you are as a person. Right. Because you've just been moving in a direction that goes maybe not with who you are. And you end up really messy because of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so, like the, I mean, clearly the discipline required to be successful and you had multiple things that you were successful with. Do you think that that was your escape from what your your secret inside was? I'm just going to go and build and, and be successful in the entrepreneurial world because I don't want to face so, what's going on. So, you know, I, my opinion, an entrepreneur mm-hmm. is not a business owner, mm-hmm. right? It's not the same as owning a success. Uh, you could be a successful business owner, not an entrepreneur. Right. An entrepreneur gives back. An entrepreneur creates lifestyle for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. An entrepreneur does all of these things that has so much more to do than the bottom line of money, mm-hmm. right? So, and a lot of it is just what's in your mind about the business and things that you're doing in life, too. Sure, sure. Well, and your love for what you do. Like right. you said, you can buy a McDonald's and run it successfully, but that's not necessarily, that's a business owner. Yep. Versus like a passion to change the world and to give back and do shit that like is incredible to yourself and others. I would agree that's an entrepreneur. Right. right. So, from what I know of you, you're an entrepreneur. I am. Right? Yep. So, now, take the, the guy who buys a McDonald's mm-hmm. and he employs... 30 people, and he does all these great things, and he gives back to the community and all this other stuff. But we can say there's a point where that that guy could just be a business guy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and you are an entrepreneur, and maybe you're doing the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference? Mm -hmm. The difference is intention, Mm -hmm. right? So intention is so much more important than physical action, Mm -hmm. right? We can, we can, I mean, there is checks and balances, right? We sure. can't just go do whatever we want to do physically right, with right. a good intention. And <laughs> right. but, but when we're looking at things on a principle level, right. yeah. intention is what, what separates mm-hmm. uh, uh, business from entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, anyways, so uh, doing the school thing, all this other stuff. I also got into a, uh, this is where I meet Darnell, mm-hmm. who is the girl from Tennessee yep. that yep. we introduced us. Yep. Yeah. So I get into this family crisis world. Mm-hmm where um, it's locating runaways and, and trafficking because stuff. Because of and the MMA? Or? So, yeah, originally the guy who owned the company at the time um, came to me and said, hey, you know what, can we, can we lease out your school mm-hmm. to hold a training? So then I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. So then uh, they're doing that, and, I, and it's interesting to me. And, uh, and they, they start talking about things that interest me, like, mm-hmm. like how these kids are – out there on the streets mm-hmm. and you know and they have a perspective that's that that is genuine mm-hmm. but you're talking to a guy that understands the epitome of being lost and alone mm-hmm. that understands now 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 we're 15 15 years into this mm-hmm. that understands that that physical action is rarely what you can define a person's heart on mm-hmm. right so these kids are doing stupid stuff but they're doing stupid stuff because we as a culture have domesticated them to do this really ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. They're lost. Mm-hmm. They're alone. They're afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that resonates in my heart mm-hmm. because I, I get it. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I join, the, I join up, right? Join the team, that kind of thing. Things roll by. I'm, an, I'm very good at it. And again, I think I'm very good at it for a few things. One, I lost a part of my brain. Mm-hmm. So everything else is heightened. You know, which is the same reason why I'm a good fighter mm-hmm. is because, you know, 
the world moves in slow motion to right. me in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, uh, and a discernment is, I have a heightened discernment and I have a heightened uh, level of strategic thinking, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm lacking in an area. And that's right. just what our bodies do, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So, heightened senses. Yeah, so, so I'm good at it. I'm, that's the moral of this whole that point, right? So I'm good at it. I do it. I do it. I end up taking over, kind of running the field and that kind of thing. And, uh, and the point is through that, that. So that's now the other area. So now I come out of this accident knowing nothing. I start and I have a successful martial arts career. And I, now I'm doing the, this other family crisis stuff. And, I'm, and I find myself being the best at it, right? So why is that, right? I, I'm always the dumbest guy in the room, right? <laughs> literally. I doubt so, that. Certainly today. But. <laughs> so, <laughs> so literally, I'm always the dumbest guy in the room. So why, why is this happening, mm-hmm. right? So we get to a point now where in 2011, I see the, the corporate industry of, of family crisis mm-hmm. um, full of corruption, mm-hmm. so to speak. And people don't even realize they're corrupt they're so calloused Mm -hmm. and they're so messed up that they don't even realize it anymore Mm -hmm. it's past the point of like making a a decision to be greedy Mm -hmm. and thinking okay i'm this i'm consciously competently thinking about Mm this no they are now it's a corrupt system Mm -hmm. now to the level of being unconsciously competent Mm -hmm. right they don't even get it Mm -hmm. and uh, and it's sad right and and they're spending people's money like it's free mm-hmm. and you're going into families lives and you're you're meeting them at their worst possible time mm-hmm. and you're providing a quote unquote service or a quote unquote help mm-hmm. but really what you're doing is you're using the opportunity to exploit as much profit as you can sure and i get it you got everybody's got to make money mm-hmm. i'm not against making money i'm right. not against but there's a time and a place and a right way to do things mm-hmm. and you can't have so much fat on the back end mm-hmm. So you can demand so much meat on the front end, right. if that makes sense, right? Well, the vulnerability, I would imagine, of people going through that. I mean, you'll pay. It's like a terminal ill. Like, right. I mean, you'll pay anything at that point yeah. to get your life and your mortgage, your house, family. Yeah, you have of course. To. And, and so it's, that's a horrible thing to expect yeah. somebody to do, right? Yeah. Right. And this is an ugly, ugly industry, and it's an ugly truth. It's very sad, and all the stuff that come with it. And it's not for everybody. And if somebody's trying to get into a business because they want to make money and be Please don't get into the family crisis business. Right, what you, yeah. Open yeah. the McDonald's. Right, do, do right. Something, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway. easier, right. <laughs> so we're in that. So I developed a nonprofit back in 2011. I now am, uh, me and the owner of this company, we've had a couple different issues mm-hmm. at this point, and things just aren't working out. So you're either going to fire me or I'm going to quit. Or right. We're going to fight. Right. We're going <laughs> to do that, something. Right, this, is gonna, this is going bad quick, so right. let's just call us a wrap. Yeah. And uh, so I go back to the martial arts school. I have my nonprofit. My nonprofit really is a community nonprofit. I use it for kids to do mm. stuff with seniors and that kind of thing. And it's a backdoor if anybody locates me to, yeah. for that kind of help, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I do it. Um, so I have a martial arts career that's going well. Mm-hmm. I have this family crisis stuff that's going well. Mm-hmm. And realize I've only done two things since I've woken up. Literally two things. I haven't, no schooling, no mm-hmm. nothing. No, so, but I'm the dumbest guy in the room. So, mm-hmm. what is this telling us, mm-hmm. right? We're, we, there's lessons to be learned here, right? So, what it's telling us is that, that maybe we need to stop overthinking 
Maybe we need to get out of our own way. Maybe we need to realize that, that we create the, the problems and the structure mm -hmm. that prevents us from succeeding. Mm -hmm. And we do it on a lot of levels. We do it definitely on a physical and a conscious level. We also do it on a subconscious mm -hmm. level. And so we're there. Now we're going to fast forward again, right? And there's all kinds of, if, if anybody ever wants to really get into the meat, I'm always more than happy to do it. But now we're going to fast forward to when I sell my martial arts school okay. and, and move into a different direction. Okay. So it's early 40s, and a lot of my physical, um, a lot of my physical, my physical health is is coming back to bite me from this accident, right? Mm -hmm. You can't live forever if you have a whole car smash your head, right? right. It's gonna it's gonna come back at you. So now I have I've had my knee redone, I've had my hip replaced, I've had my elbow restructured. Mm -hmm. They sold my ear on right, my jaw's all titanium, I'm having neck issues, which is where I really first came into contact with you guys, mm -hmm. right? And stuff like that. So um yeah. so Things are going bad, right? I've had enough brain injuries to, and enough concussions down in my life to know that when I'm talking to my doctor, he's like, hey, look, one more, dude. You can get smashed and that'd be, call it a wrap, you right. know? Mm -hmm. Worse, you're alive and you're just really, you know, you're, you're, you're I don't want to bash anybody, but like you're now Muhammad Ali and is in you. Right. So that, we don't want to get there. Right. Yeah. So. So uh, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm thinking of that, but I'm still going. I'm still doing my thing. And we had an ep a second episode, almost exactly 10 years after the first episode that happened 10 years in, which is weird, but that's where it lined up. My body started dumping massive amounts of cortisol okay. in my system. And, uh, and I don't know if it's like subconsciously, hey, look, my brain takes me back to those moments and, and it's dropping these things on me that I needed to survive then mm -hmm. in amounts that you don't need to, that will actually kill you as a regular guy, right. you know? So, so, and for whatever reason, when I laid horizontal, it triggered it. So, uh, if I were to, if I were to go to sleep and fall into a deep sleep, I just wouldn't wake up. My, my vitals all crash, my blood pressure crashes, my Crazy. pulse slows that down. Like so, okay. so for two weeks, I'm now sleeping in a chair and waking myself every hour, up every hour on an alarm mm -hmm. while we're running all the stupid CAT scans, we're running all the blah, 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 mm -hmm. right? Nothing. Again, it's only medication type thing from the, from the Western approach to, mm -hmm. to medicine. And, uh, and I know you're only supposed to do 15 minutes, 20 minutes here, but... No, we're good. No, <laughs> no, no we're, okay. yeah, yeah. we're good. Yeah. Bring it up into five parts if I talk yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's important to also... Just say this because because we throw around this Western medicine thing like it's such a horrible deal, mm -hmm. and understand that when doctors get into medicine, they they're not doing it because they're they're like oh I'm gonna make tons of money on this mm -hmm. medication I'm gonna make you know a lot of it is some of that is success and money oriented but they really are in it to help mm -hmm. but they bought into the system mm -hmm. so they don't know they don't know mm -hmm. so like when you go to your doctor and he wants to prescribe medication don't think that he's doing it maliciously right right, right. his intention is probably good but right. it's just a bad system but again he came up under the same thing the same domestication the same belief system that we've created for our culture so he's doing what he thinks is right. Well, I think that it, it goes very hand in hand with what you said about entrepreneurs. Like there are some people that get into it for the wrong reason, right? Sure, mm -hmm. because of the status and because of the money. And there's people that get into it because they love to help people and they want to solve, you know, challenges and stuff people have. 
I think every profession has that. Yeah. You know, to a certain extent, you have people that are doing it, and you don't. You wish they didn't share your profession. You know, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, outside in is an approach that's antiquated, and it's you know everything has a time and a place, and mm-hmm. you get in an accident like you did that day. Thank God that we have the technology right. to to put you back together. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it cannot be our healthcare plan long term to drug yourself to such a level exactly. that you survive and don't thrive in exactly. life whatsoever. So. so at that second issue, that was really when I first decided, look, uh, I need to look at nutrition, mm-hmm. right? So if you fast forward to that, I'm, I'm a probably 90, 95% plant-based. Okay. Um, and the 5% I'm not, it's really not a big deal because the 90, 95% that I am, you know, right. but it's such a healthier way of eating and, mm-hmm. and living. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole another story for another time. But nutrition, mm-hmm. and when I get into nutrition, I get into it not because I want to eat healthy mm-hmm. and lose weight and look a certain way. I get into nutrition, in my specific case, because I want to learn how to govern my hormone system. Right. I, want to, I have a broken hypothalamus. I need to know what to eat to stimulate certain things, mm-hmm. what not to eat to suppress certain things, right. when to eat it, to know when to let them go, and, and so on and so on and so on. And you times that with some physical changes in life, and, and you got a pretty good health system yep. for yourself, right? Yeah. So we're now we're now to the point of retiring, right, uh, out of the MMA thing. I've had this, another, this whole other deal. And literally, I was in the doctor's office, and he said, you know, when you go home tonight, I, I, my doctor is the, the same doctor that gave birth to my son, and my son's a junior in college. So that's how how long the relationship has yeah. been, right? Yeah, nice. And I've liked him because he's never been a BSer, right? He's never, he's very often allowed me to do research. And if I come to him with, with solid research, he's like, cool, I'm in. Boom, sign it off and go type yeah. thing. And, and he's his job easy. Yeah, and he's more of a, hey, rub some dirt on it, right. walk it off guy yeah. than, hey, take this and call right. me in the morning. Well, there's nothing to study anyway. No, <laughs> no one else has gone through what you've gone through. There, there you go. So, Even if he's yeah. a textbook guy. Right. So anyway, so... You know, this relationship's 20 years in, me and my doctor. So he tells me literally the second time, he's like, you, look, Rob, when you go home, I, I seriously skip sitting down in your chair watching TV, skip getting on the computer on your phone, and spend some good time letting your family know you love them mm-hmm. because this is probably it, right? And that's a, that's a real heavy thing to take on. Yeah. You know, I'm 40 early 40s at this point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a heavy mid maybe and I'm, I'm a, it's heavy to know that this is it yeah we're done it's a wrap yeah so i come out of this accident mm-hmm. i live what seems to be a, a phenomenal story but it's not because on the inside i'm a mess mm-hmm. and i've had some wins along the way you know spiritually emotionally and all this other stuff but i'm i'm still running from myself and, uh, and now it's too late. Mm-hmm. So I decide that, well, I, one, I'll take that advice, of course. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't lay this on them at all, right? Good advice even if you're so, not wrapped up. <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah. Right. So, so I don't lay this on them, of course. And then, um, and then I, I really I get together with a, 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 a physical guy. I get together with a dietitian. I get together with a, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I say, okay, look, this plan... Plan A is dying, so that's clearly not going to work for me. Right. So let's come up with a plan B, and, and that's where it really where uh, where I really try to get my body healthy again, mm-hmm. and my mind, and my and all this other stuff. But what I did on a, on a mental and a spiritual level is, as I I said, okay, you know what, it's time to stop living the lie, you know. And even though I was honest with my parent or my mom, not my mom, my 
my wife, mm-hmm. my parents, they actually died and they never knew. Okay. Right? They all, they live back east. I met them six, seven times. They're older. Honestly, I think it'd be super selfish of me to lay that on their doorstep and mm-hmm. that their youngest son doesn't, right. when they're, you know, my dad has Parkinson's and yeah. really, I'm going to be that guy. That's how selfish could I actually yeah. be to Good do that, right? Yeah. So anyway, so, you know, I, I, uh, I decided, okay, that's it. You know, a lot of the reason why I was hiding was because of the anxiety that it would bring me as well. So, like, I'd feel really uncomfortable even talking to you guys today, mm-hmm. you know. And if I did talk to you, I could do it, but it's but it's because I'm good at faking, mm-hmm. you know. It's because I'm good at getting, I'm good at compartmentalizing my own mess. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I just let it all be real. And real is not the worst side of you. So every example of being real I've seen in, in culture is being a horrible human being. That is not what being real is. Being real is being honest with yourself about who you are, mm-hmm. your weaknesses, the, your shortcomings, your flaws, mm-hmm. and working towards fixing them. That's what really being, that's what being real is. Yeah. So I, 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 open the, I, I sell my schools. I'm retiring. It's I'm early 40s, and it's and when you come from a world where we're fighting and locating runaways and you know doing all this other stuff is very physical and very um, yeah very exciting. And there's a lot of lot of stuff when you go from that to nothing, life sucks. Right, right. It's really boring, really fast. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this is horrible. I can't do this anymore. But I can't get punched in the head anymore because I'm gonna die. And I, you know, and all this other. So I'm out in my backyard. And I lift up and I open my garage door, and it's full of crap. I mean, like your stereotypical garage door. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know what? There's a better. There's a better. There's something better. I have this cool structure that's not attached to my house, and it's you know 20 by 20. It's a, it could be anything. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a better better thing to do here. So mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start podcasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I empty it all out. I build it into a studio. I start podcasting. I start blogging. You know, to create an audience to po- for the podcasting mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And and what I've I learned a few things along that way. One, first of all, I didn't know that. When I started writing, I didn't know where a comma went. I didn't know the difference between T-O and T-O-O. I didn't know all the basic things that you might take for granted when you write something. Yeah. I was a hack. It was like one big long sentence with a lot of misspellings. Right. still like, did you remember how to read and write in general? I I remember, I could spell, well, no. I mean, barely, right? So I'm a horrible reader, read very slow. Things don't necessarily make sense to me. I have to like read it, read it, read it, read it. And then when I write, when I'm spelling, all the grammatic side of stuff. Now I, I kind of learned some stuff, but back then it's like speech never affected though the whole time. Um, because you're, you're a dynamic storyteller. Was that always even after the accident? No. So I was actually a very extroverted person, mm-hmm. and and I and after the accident, I was very introverted mm-hmm. and very uh, very uncomfortable around people. Mm-hmm. I still. You know, in a lot of sense, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that the storytelling came along with needing to to make up for any lack of, like, like when I was do- doing my blog and doing my stuff mm-hmm. like that. I can't write. How am I going to tell my story? You know, right? It, yeah. And and creatively, the storytelling just kind of developed as as I kind of developed in yeah. 
you know, and now I look at myself as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I don't even look at myself as a, a writer or, a, you know, anything like that. I'm a storyteller. That's right. what, I, what I do. Mm-hmm. And I try to tell stories that help people move into a healthier version of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and my tool is a Jeep. Mm-hmm. And my tool is the wilderness. Well, outdoor tool. therapy, as you call it. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. So, for so, sure. so go into that. So, I mean, obviously, this is where this story is going. Yep. But this is the latest vehicle that you have to reach people and to show right. them. So, What's so out there, we we started there. We built out some blah blah blah. We get it, we're up and running now. We're a successful website. We're now money's coming in. Mm-hmm. We have a big audience. We can do any you know anywhere from forty hundred thousand hits, whatever you know, mm-hmm. hundred thirty thousand hits a month, some, you know that kind of thing. As a guy who couldn't write, yeah, the guy who didn't know the difference between two T O and two T O O. So. Yeah, this is Venture the Wild, by the way. Yeah, yeah. People, people can look that up. What, the, the top Jeep blog. On the VentureTheWild.com. Yeah, yeah, so check it out. So now you have a guy that woke up knowing nothing, and he started a martial arts school mm-hmm. and succeeded. Mm-hmm. And he moved into family crisis and succeeded. And he moved into blogging, which is weird, <laughs> and succeeded. If you think about all the things you did, too, they're all very different I've from done each three other, things, yeah. right? They're all very different, mm-hmm. and I'm the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> Some would argue that, yeah. So where do we? So what, what lessons do we have to learn from that for mm-hmm. people that are striving to be great, mm-hmm. to striving to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. to striving to be the best versions of them? Mm-hmm. And the lessons that, you know, I'll kind of wrap up, right? I've been mm-hmm. talking for an hour probably, it seems like. The lessons are this. Realize mm-hmm. that we're only here in existence because of God. Mm-hmm. And, and He is... The one that gives you the the tools to live life by, right? Mm-hmm. Not only does he give you that physically, he gives us that spiritually and mentally as mm-hmm. well. It gives us kind of a roadmap to follow. You know, look, how many places in the Bible have you opened up? Does it tell you look, you're way better off to not be an idiot mm-hmm. and to help people than you are to be selfish and try to, you know? Right. So to that point, then in your belief system, does God also give you the obstacles that you have to overcome? That that make you who you are so when you look at when you look at um your stereotypical churchgoer or i i consider myself a christian guy mm-hmm. non-denominational kind of thing just, right so when you but when you go into that world you will see that that people often say that you know god put this adversity in front mm-hmm. of me and that may be the that may happen from time mm-hmm. to time but I, personally i'm a believer that we have created a very, very, very imperfect world and society, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. junk happens because we're imperfect people. We make mm-hmm. And like we make choices. Like the movie, like the butterfly effect kind of thing, where if you go all the way back to like one choice, how things yeah. like unravel. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that for some people have to rationalize what's going on too. So I see both sides of it. That's why I asked you the question because I could see how this this challenge made me who I am. And in your case, probably never a better version of that that I've ever heard. Right. However, there's many people that make a dumb decision and then say, well, that was just God throwing right. that in front of me. Like, no, you chose to drink and drive, you know, whatever the case may yeah. be. That wasn't a God challenge. And so, in my opinion, not that I know, you know. Well, and sometimes no, we you talk do about know. this right. all the time. Because it's like overcoming adversity, overcoming challenges. It's the way, you know, this is in front of you and it's the way you take this road or you take this road. Right. And, you know, right. you yep. know which which way is right in your heart, and and so. sometimes you don't. Sometimes and you don't know which. And way. sometimes you screw it all up, yep. and things blow up on you, yeah. and all kinds of bad stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But it's not because 
God. Mm-hmm. It's because we're imperfect. Right. We, just because you didn't know you made the wrong choice doesn't mean you didn't make the wrong choice. Right, right, right. right. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very realist in that. So okay. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer that that God exists, God created us, God has, once you ex- come to terms with that and you accept that, he, he is now a part of you, mm-hmm. and you can go on and do phenomenal things because God is in you. God is part of you, yes. right? So I'm not a horrible human being anymore, right. this imperfect, you know, because of the grace and, and all the stuff mm-hmm. that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. So now, how do you apply that in real-world terms is you, you do, there's universal truths, mm-hmm. right? I got out of my own way. Mm-hmm. That's why I succeeded. I succeeded in spite of me and my humanity, mm-hmm. right? And and not because of it. Mm-hmm. I I went from knowing nothing to do these what what's perceived to be great things, mm-hmm. but to me, it's just keeping it simple and doing so, what I'm supposed to be doing. And that was a, a major point I want to hit on again because. Those that have, have made it or those that are successful nonstop have people asking them, what can I do better? How do I change this? How do I achieve what you have? Even if it's just financial, let's yep. say. And and those that, that kind of get it and have experienced that, you're always like you're in your own way. Like you, you are the yep. problem. It's between your ears. And there's nothing in my experience that people like to hear less than that because there's no, you don't know how to change it. It's just like saying it's you that's the problem, and that drives people fucking nuts to not know how to fix that. <laughs> how do you then get out of your own way? In your okay, opinion? so every scenario is different, mm-hmm. but I will go on to say this. Would you agree that to anybody, let's, let, I want you to play the guy mm-hmm. who, who doesn't know okay. that he's his worst enemy. Yes, right? right. And you say, you got to get out of your own way, dude. Well, yep. what does that mean? So would you agree this? Would you agree that, uh, that you feel better as a person? Mm-hmm. When you give your kids a Christmas present versus when they give you one? Mm-hmm. Okay. For me, yes. Okay. So we know that that's golden. Right. That's rule. That's a rule. Mm-hmm. So it's better to give than receive, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. We're watering this down without too much detail. Right. It's better to give than receive. Would you say that it's better to save money or spend money for your mental state? Uh, that's a tough one. I, I think that I, it depends on the circumstance. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so give me a circumstance. Uh, well, I think that spending money to take my family on a vacation to live that experience feels very good in that case. Does it feel so, good when you don't know how you're going to pay your mortgage? That does mortgage. not feel good. Okay. Right. So we right. know now that financial responsibility has to come into play before we can feel good about right. doing other stuff. Right. So we know it's better give receive. We know. It's, so you see how these mm. basic, what we would think is a, an elementary principle. Right. Isn't really that basic to most right, people because right. they don't they don't understand right? right. So by by keeping everything super simple, mm-hmm. by taking everything down to the least common denominator, mm-hmm. we then can build a foundation with anybody, mm-hmm. right? So in the martial arts school, when, I, when a middle aged guy that's overweight and middle management cubicle guy comes in and says, "I want to learn martial arts," well, why do you want to learn martial arts? Because I'm not really a gym guy and I need to get in shape and then, what. Really, that's all just stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. You, 
And in fact, you don't even know why you want to take martial arts. Mm -hmm. Because if you knew, you already have the things taken care of that you need to take care of. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't be overweight. You wouldn't be stressed out. You wouldn't be in a job that you hate. You wouldn't right. be, right? So you don't know. So it's our job, or my job as a martial arts teacher, mm -hmm. to meet you where you are mm -hmm. and help you get where you need to go. Mm -hmm. So as a mentorship, when we're talking to people that can't get out of the way, a guy on the street conversation is very different than a guy that I'm mentoring. Mm -hmm. If a guy that I'm mentoring says, I don't even know what you mean by that, mm -hmm. I meet him where he's at and I baby step him mm -hmm. to the comprehension of what getting out of your own way means right, right. right? Mm -hmm. it's bigger than our humanity it's it's absolute truth versus reality okay right mm -hmm. would you would you believe would you agree that no matter how many times you drop the pin it's gonna fall to the floor yep. you can bank on that right mm -hmm. right would you believe that whether I drive my car into your swimming pool or put my hand in a cup of water the water's gonna move right okay we can right. bank on displacement right you know and and instead of telling people what they're doing wrong I, I tell people what they do right and I show people how to do right things mm -hmm. at a simple attainable level right mm -hmm. that's how we start to develop so I'm not gonna meet a guy and say this is what you're doing wrong, blah, 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 blah. Right. And expect that to be a welcoming conversation, right? <laughs> right? If somebody wants to lose weight, I say, you know what? Eat whatever you want. I don't care. But all I want you to do is start adding some greens in every day. Right. I just want you to drink more water. Right. And you, it's amazing how the cause and effect of that starts to starts to move. I think in that's their a lot of bigger problem. And weight loss is a great example. That's one of the biggest problems we have is people go from here and they want to all of a sudden be at this level, mm -hmm. and right. they do it for two days. Right. But they're not ready for that. Yeah. It's like the it's like the lotto winners. Right. You go from broke as a joke. All of a sudden, here's 20 million, and we know what happens. Those people are back to broke as a joke mm -hmm. yeah. because they didn't have the stages of developing. Parenting's that way, money is that way, physical fitness is that yep. way. Your body learns through the challenges and it's a process. Like you said, eat a strawberry and a bowl of lucky charms. Right. Right? Then eat a little lucky you know, less lucky charms and two strawberries. Yeah. And you start to develop good attitude, good behavior and systems and routine. Right. And I think that builds on it no matter you're talking business, health, whatever. And along with that comes the physical changes. Yep. Your palate changes. Yep. I'm, I'm, since we're talking about nutrition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eating Lucky Charms isn't good anymore. Right, right. It tastes empty. Well, you, know, you start to feel better. So you yeah. start to realize that the satisfaction you got from a sugar overload, now you get from looking in the mirror thinking, that, you know what, I, I yep. actually look better. My confidence is better. I, I can run further. More energy. So that too yeah. is addictive. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, in a good way. In a good way. Uh -huh. So I have an older brother, and he is, I come... <laughs> I come from a crime family, mm -hmm. right? I, literally, an organized crime family. Mm -hmm. So uh, my older brother used to be a drug dealer, mm -hmm. one of the biggest one in my city and surrounding cities. And now he's a pastor of a church. Mm -hmm. My, my, without, I, I'm, I do not mean this in a negative or a mean way, mm -hmm. but a big part of that was simply replacing one addiction with the next, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? He has an addiction. Mm -hmm. So he didn't deal with his he didn't deal with his addiction issues mm -hmm. that makes him so far extreme one way or the other. He just replaced one really bad thing with one really good thing. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that just because it's a really good thing. Yep. Yeah. But he's still unbalanced and wacky as heck because mm -hmm. he didn't deal with the issues. Right. So when we understand that financial freedom comes with no debt, mm -hmm. not more money, we then can go on to make plenty of money. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 
when we understand that physical fitness comes along with being healthy and not losing weight, mm-hmm. we then can go on to lose a lot of weight. Right. Right. So, that, and that's how we got to meet with people. Because there's an infinite supply of money out there, and, and there's an infinite ability for you to have a, a physique that's flawless. Right. I mean, that's all there. That everybody can can obtain that. But for some people, there's such a block of why they can't that they can't even focus on why they can. Right. And I think that kills them. Business, yeah. relationship, you know, we see it all the time. It's and part of that is, that's because the domestication process. Yeah. Right? Yep. So it's up to us as people that know to make sure we don't participate in that and hopefully spread the word and build out a new culture, a new way of thinking. But let me ask you this. What is the best way? Actually, I haven't heard you much. So not that I want to take control of this whole thing, but I'm going to ask you a question. What <laughs> is the, What is the best way... To make sure that you have a great marriage. I think to constantly work at it and, you know, think about it, have it on the forefront, not just to just exist in it. Okay, so all those are great. Those are physical actions, right? So now let's take that to one step deeper. And I would say, if I want to remember you, I woke up married. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the puppy love years to bank on. I didn't, I don't have this whole thing, but... But I also know that I can't expect my wife to look at me as a knight in shining armor if I'm not a knight in shining mm-hmm. armor. The best way to live a happy, fulfilled marriage or any relationship mm-hmm. is to wake up every day and commit to myself mm-hmm. to be the best version of me that I could be. Right. Because what I put out there is what you're going to respond to. Right. So if I'm, getting, if I'm in my marriage having some hard times, if I stop, let's say you come to me and say, hey, Rob, I'm really, really having a hard time being married here. Mm-hmm. I just want to kill this guy. I got to get out of here. Yeah. I would say, okay, before you kill him, I want you to do me a favor. Mm-hmm. And you're, I want you to write a list of the top 10 things that he loves you to do for him. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they are. It could be wash his car. It could be take out the trash. It could be massage his nasty feet when he gets home from work and, they, <laughs> and they're disgusting, right? It could be anything. Yeah. It could be anything, but that he genuinely loves. And I want you to do them over the next two weeks. And then I want you to come back to me after two weeks and tell me how you feel about your husband. Mm -hmm. And you will be different. Mm -hmm. Not because massaging somebody's nasty feet is a great thing. It's because you have changed your perspective. And by you changing your perspective, he changed his perspective by default. Mm -hmm. Because that's what happens. And then with two people with the changed perspective... Get start to sync up and get on the same page. Now we got something to work on, mm-hmm. right? Now we can work on being the best versions of us because we don't want to hate each other and kill each other. Mm-hmm. And and I think that goes for being a good leader, a good, good leader. boss. Anything yep. you have to you have to be absolutely. Happy well, if you're not true to yourself, like it, it's it's just a matter of time because eventually, if you're trying to be something else, someone else wants you to be whatever. You, you know, you, eventually that catches up with you. So you've got to be true to yourself so you can give the best version of yourself to other people. Yep. Like you said, whether it's in a company or in a relationship or parenting or whatever we all do. So, And, and there's this perception, and it, the perception is given by people who, who haven't made it or people that are maybe uh, the negative ones, mm-hmm. that that's a selfish thing. Yeah. But the most selfless thing you could do is to be the best version of you that you can be. Yeah, to everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many cool, I mean, I haven't really got to any of my questions, and then I have another thousand more that I could ask, <laughs> so I'm not even sure where to go at this point. But but I guess as we wrap up then, so what's next for Rob Spencer? Like, what, what, what's the next <coughs> level of helping people and 
And tell us a little bit about the Venture the Wild. Yeah. Okay. So people know. So VentureTheWild.com. The why behind it. VentureTheWild.com is is really an outdoor website. Mm -hmm. Jeep. A lot of Jeeps. Really, it's outdoors, right? It's Mm -hmm. the adventure. It's the journey. It's not there. Jeep is like a really cool thing that gets me to the. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I travel. That's so. Anyways, so that whole concept was really developed to try to do a couple things. One, um, to show people i believe that you cannot be mm-hmm. honest in nature mm-hmm. without coming to some type of realization of the person who created nature mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that's number one that's the first reason why i did this from there i believe that by by spending time in nature mm-hmm. you develop uh, a sense of your place in this world right and and you understand that the, the, the ramifications of people's intentions and, mm-hmm. and your own intention and your own behavior. If I'm out on a trail and I get eaten by a bear, that bear didn't premeditatedly think, I'm going to set up here on this mm-hmm. place and when this guy comes by, I'm going to take his wallet right. and then I'm going to eat him. Right. right? <laughs> bears don't think, they're just being bears. Right. right. And that everything in nature is just being what it is mm-hmm. except for humans. Humans have the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. So we, we now can value the choice a lot more when we understand it in its proper context. Mm-hmm. And then the, hopefully the choices we make from there will be better ones, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's really why I started that whole avenue. And it plug, rolls right in with the charity. And the charity, we, we work with the families in crisis stuff. Right now, we just talked to a company that does outdoor uh, rooftop tents and stuff, and we're going to be starting a whole planting tree campaign with those guys. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of that that whole well-rounded stuff as a charity. But but uh, um, for Venture the Wild itself, like most businesses, the, the end game is to build it, mm-hmm. make it very successful, and then sell it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm working on a deal that um, it's just about locked in that I'm actually going to be joining a, the, a bigger brand mm-hmm. and I'll be the face guy for that brand and move everything under that umbrella. But so that's kind of where I'm at. I hope I didn't jinx it by letting that out of the bag here. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where we're going physically nice. with all this other that's stuff. Exciting. What I will say this though is because uh, I know that this is an entrepreneur type ship, yep. uh, show and stuff. So I, I want to go on and say, look. You do what you do and you get what you get. Mm-hmm. So where most people change what they do, uh, or where most people change what they want mm-hmm. or change what they get, the, the the guy who's being real with himself will change what he does. Mm-hmm. And that's how you start now obtaining mm-hmm. peace and happiness and contentness with who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Don't sell out and change what you want because it's too hard to get what you thought you wanted to begin with. Change, change the what you do. Change the goal, right? Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been an, an incredible journey, uh, of, and I think there's so many lessons. I think this is one that everyone should listen to three, four times, because yeah. if you start to listen to some of the things, there, there's so much more than just entrepreneur on this one. It's how to live your life. It's how to have passion. It's how to find what your passion is and act upon it. And, uh, you know, Rob, I can't thank you enough. I, I think I, I don't know if I've ever learned that much in an hour session of, of hanging out. So you know, I kind of look at it like awful. a shotgun. I don't even know if any of this is going to make sense if anybody listens to it. But <laughs> well, it's water out of We're fire all for sure, yeah. man. But, um, but there's a lot to take home from that. So I uh, just want to thank you and wish you the luck. I want everyone to check out Venture the Wild. 
Generations Family Care, right? What's yep. the webpage there? Generationsfamilycare.org is the is the charity. Okay, and we heard about into that, and it's an incredible, incredible organization. People mm -hmm. should check out as well and get behind. So, uh, any last thought, Rob? You want to leave people with as we have yeah, right here? Yeah, uh, there is. Um, understand that that being happy with yourself is not accomplishing a single feat. Mm -hmm. It's it's being the person to accomplish the feat. Okay. Right. So. Mm -hmm. um, if I have to tomorrow become the, a janitor at an elementary school mm -hmm. in some crazy school mm -hmm. that I don't want to, mm -hmm. I'm going to be the best janitor ever. I'm going to yep. be happy doing it. And yep. because what I do doesn't define me, how I do stuff and who I am defines me. Mm -hmm. So as an, as people want to go on and accomplish and achieve great things mm -hmm. in business, they have to understand it doesn't come from the finish line of the of the physical business it has everything to do with becoming the man or the woman that you need to be to accomplish those things mm -hmm. and that's what affects the people around you that's what affects the community around you mm -hmm. that's what can hopefully eventually help make positive changes so i love it I, I think that every successful person would tell you that exact same thing which is you know it, it's not about getting somewhere it's about the journey and, yep. and their love for that mm -hmm. uh so so do rob a, a service and get out and enjoy you know nature and, yep. and just soak it in guys because i couldn't we didn't hit on that enough <laughs> either but a weekend away and just getting away and unplugging and just realizing how beautiful this world is and how much there is to offer will change who you are and you'll come back a different person and you'll see things in a different light. So some things you just, you have to unplug and think things through. So, uh, Rob, can't thank you enough. And, My pleasure. Um, Thanks so for having me. Thanks for you. Yeah. down. Yep. And um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, in a couple of years we can catch back up and, and see where you've been at. So yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Awesome. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you.